Let us pray. Oh God, we pray that you open our hearts and our minds to hear what it is you have for us today. We thank you for the gift of your holy scripture and uh, just pray that you have imparted those words deep into our hearts. Amen. What is it you fear? Have you heard of the Jefferson Bible? It's been reported that Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, spent his life grappling with religion. A rational thinker, he especially struggled with the miracles and mysticism of Jesus. So he crafted his own personal Bible. He took a razor blade and cut out the parts of the gospel stories that he just couldn't get himself to believe. Gone were the miracles of Jesus's healing and feeding. Gone were the stories of Jesus's transfiguration, his resurrection and his ascension. Left were the stories about Jesus as a good and moral teacher, prophet even. I suspect that Jesus feared that which he did not understand. And in order to quiet the discomfort, he extracted those parts which led to his distress. People often poke fun at Jefferson and respond in horror to his desecration of the sacred scripture. The irony is that many people do the same thing. Maybe not a literal cutting of the Bible, but certainly there are people who pick and choose scriptures that they like and select the parts which affirm their beliefs. I suspect there would be some who might want to even cut out today's scripture. Talk about a tough text. We are smack in the middle of Jesus giving the disciples instructions and a heads up for what life is going to be like as a disciple. What he shares doesn't leave one feeling exactly warm and fuzzy inside. Last week, we heard about Jesus summoning his disciples, giving them the authority to go out into the world and to spread the gospel message. So far, it sounds kind of nice, kind of exciting even. Jesus has told them to cure the sick and raise the dead and cast out the demons. So far, I'm on board. It's here, though, that things begin to take a turn. Oh, yeah, but don't take anything with you. And also, you're going to be persecuted because of me. And Jesus doesn't let up there. We find ourselves today with Jesus and the disciples still, and he's giving the disciples more information. Oh, by the way, part of what you need to know is that I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword. And if you love your mother or father more than you love me, you aren't worthy. Oh, and if you don't take up the cross and follow me, you're unworthy. And finally, those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their lives will find them. So who's ready to sign up to be a disciple after hearing those instructions? What is it you fear? There are days in this pandemic when I just wanna throw in the towel and say, enough. 
I was whining to some of the staff earlier this week that I just wanted a day where we didn't have to talk about or think about anything related to the pandemic and its ramifications. The reality is this is impossible. There are reminders all around us, masks, plexiglass barriers, hand sanitizer stations. Our lives are very different. Senior living facilities have taken serious precautions to keep the residents safe. Hospitals have changed their visitor policies. Restaurants have altered seating arrangements and stores have reconfigured traffic patterns. Changes all around us have been dramatic and necessary and swift. Jesus is dramatic and necessary and swift. His instructions to his friends are no nonsense. The disciples have committed to a lifelong journey of learning. Their lives are gonna be filled with growth and a deepening understanding of God through the life of Jesus. As they embark on their journeys, Jesus knows that they're going to change. Their learning will be a dynamic, vibrant, life-giving process. What is it you fear? I have yet to hear anyone say, I love change. I would venture to guess that many of our fears are rooted in the fear of change. A job loss, change in income, resources, or perhaps your identity. A friend moves, change in companionship, support and friendship. A child moves out, a change in household dynamics, a new stage in life, and the realization of aging. A pandemic, a change in lifestyle, our jobs, our interactions with, ever, with others, restrictions on behaviors, tensions in households, frustrations with leadership. Our tolerance for discomfort as a society has decreased as the changes inflicted upon us by a virus have increased. It's no wonder the country erupted with the murder of George Floyd. We're primed for change. Some have interpreted Jesus's words, do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword as justification to do physical harm to others. This interpretation, any interpretation which leads to the harm of another is incongruent with the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wonder if this statement is Jesus simply saying to his friends, you know what? Discipleship is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart, and it's not always going to feel peaceful. And you know why? because real growth always results in a loss of some sort, and loss can be painful. What is it you fear? My mom loves to tell the story about going to my second grade parent-teacher conference. If she were here, she would tell you she didn't really need to hear Mrs. Greenlee say to her, Jennifer can be 
painfully honest because my mom already knew that to be true for herself. Honesty is a quality that I sincerely appreciate in others and in Jesus especially. It helps me to understand where I stand. It helps my brain process what I can possibly expect. And it points out spots where I have opportunities for growth. Truthful statements can be painful to hear and they can be healing. Jesus saying, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me is a piece of truth which stings. Not only that, it's confusing. Didn't God design us to be with families, to grow and to care for one another? Aren't we supposed to prioritize our family? We are always operating in some sort of community structure, whether it's our family, our church, our neighborhoods, or something else. We don't have an isolated relationship with God, and we cannot remove ourselves from relationship with others. It is in our relationship with God that we have the opportunity to have better relationships with the world. Jesus, truth teller, is instructing his friends that as they grow and change, they're going to begin to see the world differently. And when they see the world differently, more like God sees it, they're not gonna be able to help themselves. They'll also be truth tellers. This has the potential to cause friction at home because we're all on our own journey and none of us are at the exact same spot. What is it you fear? We, as a church, as a community, as a state, as a nation, as beloved creations of God, are going to have to face the reality of racism. It is so prevalent and pervasive that it is tightly woven into our systems in ways that some cannot see. If there is anything that the past few weeks have taught us, it is that people are hurting profoundly. And it is the church's job and the church's joy to be healing agents of change for the world. Any action, any behavior or belief or system which leads to harming someone else is incongruent with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Marginalization, exploitation, sexism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, xenophobia, racism, all the obias and the isms are all included in this because they all hurt, all of us. We must face the ways that we participate in systems and thinking which may cause harm to others. And our journey will not be easy. We'll likely uncover things about ourselves that is going to be painful. This week, a friend of mine invited me to a private Facebook group for women of all races. 
The purpose is to be in conversation and to learn more about racism through the sharing of life experiences. I was excited and hopeful thinking that maybe this could be an advocacy group or a place where real change could take place. And my hope continued as I read the posts the first couple of days of women that were introducing themselves and sharing where they were on their journey of understanding racism. It was clear from these posts that this group was all over the map. From a white woman admitting to her ignorance to the plight of persons of color, to one admitting that she had never had a friend of color, to women who experience microaggressions and full-on aggressions daily over the color of their skin, and everything in between that range. This is gonna be interesting, I thought. I wonder what it's gonna be like to be a part of a group as wide ranging as this. How refreshing if we can genuinely be honest and open and willing to hear and to learn and to listen from one another without judgment or defensiveness. Let's just say things quickly went downhill. Over the course of a couple of days, the group members began openly judging and criticizing others. Those who were clearly newer on their journey were accused of being racist. Those who were encouraging the more novice women in the group were accused of coddling white fragility. Those who were much further in their journey were accused of being judgmental and superior. I quickly decided this was not the group for me. You know what is the group for me? Church. Church is the group for me because church was designed to create beloved, beautiful, healing, just filled communities. We get to work for a more just world and love people in the process. And as each of us continue on our own personal journeys, no matter what stage we might be in, we get to be together. We get to encourage one another. We get to be kind and compassionate, and we get to create safe space for one another as we all grow together. What is it you fear? Jesus knows we are scared opening the door, peering around the corner, looking into the dark is never comfortable. We don't know what we're gonna find, what might be hiding that could jump out and scare us, or what beautiful thing might be hidden in the shadows just waiting to be discovered. What's underneath the rough and barricaded parts of our hearts? What will be revealed when we allow Jesus's sword to smooth away some of the rough areas of our souls? When I was in seminary, I worked as a chaplain in a local hospital. And I was in a program that was designed to help the chaplains uh, grow in our own self-awareness through pastoral care. The end result is supposed to be somebody who's more self-aware and also a more empathetic spiritual leader. 
This process included reflection with a group of peers as well as a supervisor. I have to tell you, introspection in the midst of this most unfamiliar territory for me pushed me to my limits. The time I spent in the hospital was both beautiful and profoundly difficult. It was a time of rapid and deep growth for me. But I want you to know that I was scared every single day. I did not know from day to day or even moment to moment what I might be experiencing. The transient nature of hospital meant rapid turnover in the patient rooms. I didn't understand medical terminology. There were so many languages and cultures and races that were throughout the hospital that I was unfamiliar with. And on top of all of that, I was just a student. I still remember very clearly the first time I was called to the room of a baby who was dying. The parents had just been advised that it was time to remove life support for their daughter. And as I was walking into that, walking to that room, I thought to myself, how on earth am I doing this work? And then my fear really set in and I started praying in earnest to God, God, you got me into this. You'd darn well better show up. And you know what? God showed up. God always shows up. Our journey of discipleship is sure to be fraught with the uncomfortable, the unknown, and even the painful. But in the midst of that, our discipleship will be a dynamic, vibrant, life-giving process. Allowing God to open up our hearts is what's going to change this world. Jesus reminds us, we don't need to be scared. God is with us in the dark and in the light. God loves us even more than the sparrows, and God knows us each and every hair on our head. Your job, my job, our job together is simply to be courageous enough to take a step and start walking on that journey. God will take care of the rest. What then? is there to fear. Amen.